Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome back to Mads World. I'm your host, Mads, and I hope you've been enjoying season 10 of the podcast so far. If you've been enjoying the show, please remember to subscribe on your favorite listening platform. Leave me a rating or a review. It's the simplest way to help out the show. Massive shout out to Beck Partner this week, who made the sweetest review video ever on her TikTok. Please go and give her a follow and check it out. It's at Beck Partner, B-E-C-P-U-T-N-A. This week, I am joined by ADHD coach and content creator, Charlotte Forbes. Like many others, Charlotte discovered she had ADHD via learning about it from TikTok following the pandemic. She now coaches people to help them better understand themselves and creates content to entertain and educate people about ADHD on adhdclub.co.uk and on her socials. When she's not banging on about ADHD or oversharing, she likes collecting hobbies and arts and crafts. We actually used to work together and she's a huge legend. Our chat is so much fun and I seriously learned so much. Charlotte is in the lead up to 10,000 followers on TikTok so please do go and give her a follow she also has a new course on confidence and adhd starting on the 5th of feb so please get in touch with her via tiktok if you'd like to sign up in this episode we discuss the importance of self-compassion obviously charlotte's funniest dating stories her journey to becoming an adhd coach how adhd typically impacts relationships and dating experiences her best tips and advice on dating someone with ADHD, and so much more. I have to flag for this episode, neither of us are doctors, and if you do think you have ADHD, please go and speak to your GP and follow the normal process to get diagnosed. Don't diagnose yourself on TikTok. It's not the right way to go about it. (laughs) Hello, Charlotte. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Um, It's eight o'clock in the morning, so of course I rolled out of bed and have just arrived with my ginger tea thanks to my hot water tap so yeah really good to be here how are you I'm good the episode's sponsored by tea because I'm um, about to be having my nighttime tea as well we've swapped time zones so I'm back in Melbourne and you're currently in London which is really fun you and I actually met because we were working together um, was it a couple of years ago now I guess um, at a media agency which is super fun but now we're both just high-powered business gatekeep girl boss gaslight girlies doing our own thing so <laughs> don't know about gaslight girlies but yeah um girl bosses um yeah it's super exciting yeah um and yeah like working in media is fun but also doing your own thing is much more fun so um yeah super excited um and it's nice to kind of like when passions align of different things like podcasts and ADHD yes. and dating and all of those things so super excited 
Yeah, it's such a great fit for the pod. So let's get stuck into our speed date question round, which is some fun upfront questions so everyone can get to know you a bit better before we chat all about ADHD and dating and ADHD and women because you are an ADHD coach. But my first question is, what is your favorite pop culture moment ever? Oh, so um, mine has to be the evolution of Paris Hilton. So like everyone <gasps> oh thought God. that she was just like, ah, like um, ditzy, blonde, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. then um, she released an amazing book, which has loads of stuff on ADHD. And now Does advocates it? for the rights of troubled teens um, oh in the US. And basically she like was like, yeah, I played ditzy because you all thought I was, but actually I've made billions off of you. So yes. absolutely love the evolution of Paris Hilton. Um, and I need to do two also Britney in 2007 just because it was such a moment of the time and um like kind of feel bad laughing it at the time but like I really mm-hmm. had a mantra which is like if Britney can survive 2007 <laughs> you can survive this day for a long time so that's oh something that has grounded me over the years that's amazing and you know what I love I love that you said the Paris Hilton thing because there's so much online as well where like um and like you and I are both huge TikTokers because obviously you've got your ADHD coaching TikTok work and I'm just a massive TikTok addict if I'm honest. But there's lots on there about um, you, you'll you see Paris being approached by paparazzi back in the day and she'll be talking normally with her friends like in just a normal voice. And then as soon as she turns to the pap, she'll put on this vocal fry, which is like this, hi, how are you? Like, yeah. Calif- like it's like really Californian and it, it it's sort of like this ditzy thing that loads of loads of people adopt when they're I don't know it's so weird to see like the switch up and then you're like how did we not know like how did everyone we all just mm. fell for it and she's actually just a smart businesswoman just like us <laughs> yes I love it and I love that um like everyone was laughing at her but she was laughing harder because she was making so much money and I just was like yes that's so good so um yeah I that's probably my favorite and she's so smart so cool and in interviews now as well like I've seen her I can't remember what it was on but I, it wasn't maybe it was Graham Norton or something but seeing her get interviewed now you're like oh this is like a, a really intelligent woman and this is all like her plan and her personal brand and like this empire that she's built just based on like the idea that that is instilled by the patriarchy that like oh women like that are so dumb and it's just playing into that role but she's lit she's just played the game like it's so good yeah you have to read the book I you really should yeah book. it's so good my friend yeah. Brian's actually got it in Melbourne so oh. <laughs> maybe that was my TSR. copy so maybe I could get him to like <laughs> drop it around <laughs> love that oh that's so good so my next question is tell me about a failure or a moment in your life that taught you something valuable I would say I got fired from fired slash didn't pass my probation slash let go from three jobs in a row but then it landed me a a really good job so um my first job I was a PA which you could imagine with ADHD was an absolute disaster like I was queen over here (laughs) did it like diary management dyslexic but like actively bad at diary diary management um and working for this startup and I was fine for like the first six months where I was really keen and on it and they're like she's so keen she's so on it like Mm -hmm, good mm -hmm. at social stuff but yeah didn't work out um and then second job I was working at an ad agency in Melbourne which was just a horrible toxic workplace to work at and that I like basically like six people signed off a press ad that didn't have the address of the store on but like I got blamed for it but anyway so and then the next one was one where they didn't sponsor me for a visa but like actually 
now looking back like I wouldn't have wanted to work at any of those jobs for any longer than I needed to so yeah um, I'm really glad that I got fired and also like going through that like even though you know being in like secure jobs like you always worried about getting fired if you make mistakes but like I felt like okay well I literally got fired like three times in a row um so I've gone through that so felt much better at other jobs so probably getting yeah. fired a lot was taught me a lot and I feel like that learning experience as well, it must have taught you about what you don't want out of a job. And especially when you start working for yourself and being self-employed, which is something that I'm really, really recently now doing, it um, it's really like you kind of think, oh, wow, I can really work any way that I choose to. And anyone who comes on board, we can decide that. And that we don't have to adhere to, to traditional structures of working that are built for pre-COVID times and built to benefit men and like all these different things. I'm like, oh, we can just do whatever we want. And I know exactly what I, how I like to work because I've like put in the hard work you know, for other companies in the past. So I guess that must have been a good learning experience about what you don't want to do. Yeah, for sure. And it was very like parallel to like, you know, when you get broken up with by a bad boyfriend <laughs> and you're so upset at the time yeah. and then you're like, oh my God, I didn't even like him. Yeah, literally. Like, such an idiot. Why was I like so upset about that? Whereas actually it's like exactly the same thing where I'm like, I didn't even enjoy that job. But, yeah, like, I don't it's even just like the, it. Like, but that's an RSD that we'll get into this later in the episode. Mm-hmm. But there, there's um a thing called protection sensitive dysphoria so like uh-huh. any kind of rejection is like physically painful for someone with ADHD so that like Christ. a job rejections can be as painful as a actual breakup I'm really I'm really excited to hear about it because I haven't spoken about this much on the podcast before but I was actually diagnosed with ADHD last year so it's something that people have always said to me my entire life oh you're so ADHD or that was like are you sure you don't have it and I'm like yeah whatever I mean, it's probably fine. It's not impacting me. But then I think it kind of spiraled to the point where it was impacting a lot of aspects of my life and my mental health. And then since figuring it out, it's just completely changed my life. But I I definitely think RSD is something that impacts me so much because when the control gets taken from you and you're like, oh God, wait, I didn't even like him. But what do you mean he doesn't like me and he doesn't want to be with me? I don't like that. Like it's, it's sort of like, yeah, I can completely relate. So buzzing to chat about that um, later on. And my next question is, um, if you could have a heart-to-heart with your younger self, what would you say to her? Um, this one was hard because this is also my therapy homework this week. So. Stop! <laughs> um, yeah, got to write a letter to my younger self. Um, what? I would, yeah, it's really sad. So um, I would say, like, you're just trying your best and that's all you can do. Yeah. And it's fucking okay to make mistakes and basically, like, you're amazing and you will find people who also think that you're amazing and we're all just trying our best and no one is perfect and that would be like the main message um and also like everyone is figuring it out as well so like you know you can compare yourself to others and you think oh that person's like better than me because they remember their PE kit but actually like they might have their own insecurities and everyone comes from their own context so yeah basically we're all just trying our best and that's okay um is the main message but um yeah like no one is perfect I love that so much and I love that um it was your homework for therapy this week because I was speaking to my therapist recently about compassion focused therapy and I think for me that's something that is so important because when I when I ask people this question you know if you could write a letter to your younger self I wouldn't choose my teenage self I wouldn't choose 
me in uni, I feel like I had a lot of confidence. I would probably write it to my myself a year ago or maybe even, you know, like my younger self when I was probably 24 to 27 just because it was a hard time for me, like living in London and away from my family and, you know, it was just like paycheck to paycheck and, you know, I got quite sick and stuff like through that time and I think if I could write a similar letter to what you just said that was really compassion-focused and, you know, offers empathy and a coming from a place of like self-understanding and self-perception, then that would be what I would do. I feel like when you think of your younger self, you don't give yourself enough slack to think, oh, a year ago I was my younger self. Cause you, and you might feel shame about certain things and you don't have compassion for yourself. Like even a month ago, like I didn't know what I know now. And I, I feel so hard on myself, but like she was just learning too. Like she's just me. Do, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, completely. And I also think that it's like, actually you know like going back to like my early 20s when I was like job hopping and didn't really know what I was doing and like was all over the place dating wise and stuff like that like that's kind of um because I think it's like like again like with you like I was super confident it's like super confident primary school nightmare secondary school but like uni (laughs) found a good group and like was Mm. was doing all right and then you get kind of spat out into the world and you have to figure stuff out but also your um prefrontal lobe only develops fully when you're like when you're 25 so you you kind of make judgments really up till that time and I didn't know that so Mm -hmm. I'm actually like realizing that like no one is perfect um, everyone has the same insecurities as you, even when you're like crying in your bedroom watching Girls HBO. Like there's <laughs> hundreds of other millennial girls that are crying in their bedroom watching Girls HBO. Yeah. Like, um, like actually, it's fig- like everyone's figuring it out, and that's okay. Mm. And you don't have to have all the answers all the time. Whereas, um, I think there can be, especially if you're neurodivergent, like this hyper vigilance around like, okay, like you have to have your shit together at all time, or you have to be so focused on like remembering all the things and it takes mm-hmm. up so much mental energy whereas mm. actually like figuring out what you want figuring out like that everyone's a work in progress and like mm-hmm. iterating each version of yourself so that you can either be like wow that was a dumpster fire I never want to work in that <laughs> kind of job or be in that yeah. kind of relationship again yeah. um, or be like okay that was awesome let's keep doing that but like just mm-hmm. having the compassion that like no one is a finished product and we're all just yeah. like mum- mumbling along <laughs> So true. Um, And I love that idea that like, you know, I've asked people this question before as well. And they're like, oh, I think, you know, I would tell myself to take more risks or something. But things like that, they also do just become a part of your life's work. And it's not like you're going to get to a point where you're like, fixed it. I take the exact right amount of risks or like I fix it. I, you know, I don't, I'm not a huge perfectionist or you're not going to ever get to that level that you're completely happy with. It's just something that you're constantly working with until you can get to a place where either you don't think about it, you don't obsess about it, or you're just like comfortable enough that it's not something that comes to the front of your mind. And then by that point, you know, your whole life could have changed and you might have different priorities and a different focus, but you're so right in saying that like, it is just an ongoing like piece of work, you know? Jeremy's just arrived with like breakfast for me. That's like, so, so cute. <laughs> if, you, if you're listening on audio, Charlotte's been just moved a little egg and a little toast in front of the camera. It's really cute. <laughs> bless. Oh, bless. That's so cute. 
So my next question is, and I really love asking this question, especially because the type of guests I have are so diverse. Everyone gives such a different answer is, tell me about a book or a movie that has really impacted your life. So something that you saw and then it became your like Roman empire that like you think about it all the time or, you know, the, the concepts from it or like a quote from it, like bleed into how you approach day-to-day life. Okay, um, I'm not going to pick one because it's me. Um, okay, you I've can do whatever two, you want. So 10 Things I Hate About You, um, yes, it's very ah. mainstream, yes, it's very basic, but it was like the first movie that I watched at a sleepover with my friends, and ah. um, shout out to the Sasm gang, um, <laughs> these are my like five primary school best friends who I'm still friends oh, with now, um, and that. I just think that seeing someone like Kat Stratford just yes. live, be herself unapologetically oh. um, and the world kind of had to move around what she was doing and she had her sister who was kind of following the path that everyone expected her to and um she was like okay I'm doing things my way and um just many many layers to her and also Heath Ledger so hot and just so the smile on that man in that film like when he oh I just can't like that cheeky smile he gives at the lockers it actually just floors me every time yeah, so um, so I think that oh. film was really formative because there were lots yeah. of characters and also lots of lines like, um, you know, I know you can be overwhelmed and I know you can be <laughs> underwhelmed, but can you ever just be whelmed? And I'm like, can, I am can whelmed you all though, the time. Like, can you? Like, yeah, I'm still yeah, wondering I'm that. So, um, so, yeah. Um, and they're just like, I think you can in Europe. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, there's loads of quotes. So that one was really formative. Um, and I love yeah. that it's based on Shakespeare as well. So, like, actually the same narratives continue over time, which is super interesting. And um, it's shot in a real high school and the music and everything. So that was, like, really, really, really um, formative for me. Love it. Um, and it's probably the only movie that I watched at that time that I could, like, concentrate for the whole thing because I thought it was magical <laughs> um and we've all just had that cat stra- especially if you've got ADHD we've all had that cat strap for the moment at the party on the table everyone like egging you oh, on like, God. <laughs> so My um, <laughs> yeah like yeah yeah so um so really that was huge and then more recently I know that you read it um actually it wasn't more recently I probably read it around the same time well maybe when I was like 18 The Secret History by Donna Tartt um obsessed with that book so it starts and it's basically like they only found the body after three do three days because the snow <sighs> melted which i just love um and I then love- it's also about like um groups and cliques and being outsiders and like bunny 100 percent would have had adhd as well which actually really upsets me because i've never thought about that but um yeah basically the characters it's about uh group of college kids in this like weird college and it's kind of a greek tragedy people get killed um there's like um yeah dark undertones um i've heard it's like salt burn in many ways and um it's yeah just something that is that, like i can picture the houses i can picture the college but like there's yeah. no movies or anything about it but like it just is um an amazing story so um i me and my mum were like physically fighting the book on holiday because we were both reading it at the same right time. and oh my god i have the best thing to add to this as well is that i read all about because i read it last year as well like when i was in france and i was googling like you said why isn't it a movie like you can imagine the cast like you can imagine the cast in the 90s like you know and you'd have all your big dogs like leo dicaprio is in there you'd have like your ben affleck's your matt damon's like it could have been 
it could have been the salt burn of the 90s, right? Like just something like a cultural moment. But apparently they sold, this is what I read on Reddit. So, you know, it might not be true, but it seemed really legit at the time. So um, apparently they sold the rights of the movies to someone who was going to make it, but then the person who they sold it to died. And so then they didn't know who owned the rights to make it, the secret history into a film. And so then it all just got really like, there was like this whole legal complication with like who was allowed to make it. And then like all the stars that they wanted to have in it were tied up in other films, like your Leos and your Mats and your Ben Afflecks and whoever, they were all tied up in other deals. So they couldn't do it. And it literally just never got made because of logistical errors. And I was like, Guys, sort it out. Like, someone figure out yeah, now who owns it. Because imagine, like, wouldn't that just be so good? Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. Also, that's really weird because I just had a really vivid, like, um, picture of who Henry is in my head. He's one of the main characters. But, like, Literally. honestly, then, like, and you don't make up faces in your head as well. So, yeah. um, like, uh, basically, whenever you see someone in a dream, it's someone that you've, like, walked past in the street. I've it's, heard It's wild this. that these people are out there, which... Yeah, it's weird, but it's so. I, weird. I mean, you can prove it, but sure. I know. I <laughs> love, I love just like law like that that everyone just believes, and it's like, yeah. like things that you hear in in primary school, and you're like, that's a fact. Like when everyone thought that a dude was a camel's dick in school, and it's like that's that's gospel. Like I better believe that till I die. Maybe in Australia. <laughs> yeah, it's such an or like dude, when Mar- when that. when Marilyn Manson like got two rib cages removed so he could give himself yeah, a blowjob. Yeah, yeah. Like just yeah, like yeah, that common. Was fact. That's, that's fact. Like, Accepted yeah, knowledge that is a hundred percent not real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love so that. funny. Um, I've got one final question for this round, and it's my favorite question. It's a, it's a core staple on Mad's World because this started out as a dating podcast, and it is what is your funniest date story? Your most iconic, your dinner party date story. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the way that I met my husband is yes. probably it. Um, and he said that I could share this. So basically, um, we met in like the January of I don't know 2015 or whatever um and um I met him and we hit it off but I thought he was like tall dark handsome quite shy um and he was on a gay rowing team with my um housemate's friend so I was like okay like gay gay rowing team okay yeah buckle up (laughs) um so I was like okay he's really he's he's quite handsome didn't really say a word to me all evening but like he's one of Mark's rowing friends he's gay whatever um then I went to an Easter lunch and probably had two bottles of red wine to myself um and between this time he'd been like um messaging me on Facebook messenger and I was like okay he's just like you know quite friendly cool being a gay bestie Um, yeah gay bestie um (laughs) and then in a room full of gay men um I used air quotes there um I said I'm so sexually frustrated I'm about to rub up against furniture and Jeremy sent me a message (laughs) yeah Jeremy sent me a message saying save your sofa I can help um and then yeah and he when he was there and he heard you say that out loud yeah, on Messenger, on Facebook Messenger, save your sofa, I can help. And I was like, hang on. Um, and then I was like, aren't you gay? And then he was like, not that gay. And I was like, okay, interesting. And then eight years later, we're married. So- <laughs> no, stop. Wait, no. No, that is the best story I've ever heard. Wait, so that was... <laughs> wait, no. Okay, wait. Take a step back. Room full of gay men. Guy that you think is gay and you have a crush on. 
you announce you want to rob yeah. him against furniture because you're feeling sexually frustrated, and then next minute you married him. That yeah, there's a little bit in between, but um, no, that is iconic. That is the most iconic yeah. thing I've ever heard. I love that. I'm obsessed with that story. <laughs> so so good. so that oh was really days. funny, um, and yeah, it was it's um, yeah, just really funny to think that like that is like hopefully the story will be telling our children. I literally love <laughs> that. Is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well. Um, well, my question is, what was he doing on a gay rowing team if he wasn't gay? Or was he just oh, there so for the vibes? Oh, slay. He's so bi. we're part of the LGBT yeah, yeah. community. Yeah. Love yeah, that. So that was, um, yeah, that was funny. And then he kind of had to come out to the team and be like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm dating a woman now. And then, <laughs> have you met Charlotte? So that was, um, oh, yeah, my it was God. good. Like, it makes me want to vomit to say it, but you, like... <laughs> just life does take unexpected turns and if someone had told me five years ago when I was crying over boys that I didn't even like that like you know you're gonna meet someone who's amazing and it's gonna be in the most unexpected circumstances honestly and we love a bisexual king as well I keep seeing TikToks because I feel like that is like my type by accident like it's always like I only like a guy if his sexuality has come into question in a group of people before and I'm like that is so true just just they just get it you know what I mean yeah and he's um and he's also like just the kind of person that like he (laughs) doesn't like sports um he just no toxic like masculinity that's the whole thing raised by um like his his he's raised in a family where his mum is the main breadwinner and basically like he does laundry like when um we first started dating I had like well not even that long like maybe three or four months like basically there were like period makers in the laundry basket and he soaked them in cold water and I was like oh my days that's my Um, husband yeah yeah literally I was like sorry like how does this exist so um yeah it's just really refreshing to kind of see someone who um isn't like like there's so much bad press about men in general but like honestly like um men who are not like toxically uh raised in gender roles and everything and are just yeah he's a bit of a unicorn Um, and it's amazing um and it's also like made me question a lot of my own kind of previous prejudices because actually I was probably when we first started going out I was like "Ah, I've got a gay boyfriend which is really bad to kind of look back at now whereas all my friends were like Charlotte he's amazing you're being really mean um and it's just like internalized like stigma stigmatizing like it's like that um I what would the term be I guess it's sort of like when you have to challenge your own beliefs on things and you're like why do I even feel like that like what's that even based on like what has influenced my weird well if you but also if you think of like sex in the city like there's an ethic there's a whole episode where Carrie dates a bi guy and it's a big Mm -hmm. joke and it's like actually you know people's sexualities aren't black and white and um yeah yeah I'm really glad that the narrative is changing on that but um yeah and it's um yeah honestly 10 times better than any um Aww. yeah straight guys I'm so, that I'm so happy for you it's, <laughs> it's so lovely and he's brought you a delicious egg and a little piece of toast so we love to see it yeah he bakes as well so um yeah he's a, a king good one <laughs> he is oh so good um I always love a, a good positive date story that ends in ends <laughs> happily because there's so many on here <laughs> and all of them are also my own that 
don't end that way. But um, I'd love to know. Um, so I've invited you on the podcast because you have become a little bit of an entrepreneur and you've become an ADHD coast, coach, not coast, um, since we <laughs> last worked together, which is so exciting. And it's been awesome to see your journey on TikTok and you're in the lead up to 10,000 followers um, talking about ADHD tips and some really um, cool videos that I've found really interesting, especially because I was diagnosed with ADHD last year. Um, so I just love if you could explain more about what led you to become an ADHD coach and like how that journey went. So like what sort of qualifications and training you have to get, like just talk me through the whole journey because I'm super fascinated and I'm sure everyone listening, if you're, if you have ADHD or if you're wondering if you might have ADHD or you have a friend that's been diagnosed. Yeah. I think um, it's something that's being talked about a lot lately. So yeah, I'd just love to know more about the journey. Yeah. So um, like many people kind of um, either, tail end of the pandemic you know 2021 or that kind of pandemic time um I downloaded TikTok and was spending a lot of time on TikTok and basically um I kind of got onto the ADHD side of TikTok and at first I was like yeah can't concentrate me too whatever like was very flippant about it but then it all just got a little bit close to home and it was like can't concentrate forget your things poor memory um very emotional like uh struggle with focus like either go from like super productive or like a sloth and I was just scrolling for hours and hours I was like wow this is actually really close to home I should probably do some research into that um and then I in very ADHD uh fashion then read six books on it in like a week (laughs) the hyper focus though (laughs) the hyper focus I was like sorry sorry what so my whole personality is described in a list of symptoms like what the actual I was like hang hang on someone's having me on here like this this can't be so um yeah I had that realization and then (laughs) um basically I have the joy of being quite a type with ADHD so I went to my doctor with basically like the case for Charlotte's ADHD so I looked up the DSM-5 criteria which is like the global criteria for ADHD Mm. did um a test so that you can do um self-diagnosis tests where you get an asrs score um to say that you've got adhd and i went through all of the criteria and wrote this massive google doc which has um (laughs) notes from my childhood as to why i have adhd oh my god i went to my doctor and he said you're terrifying and i think that you have adhd (laughs) um so um he was amazing and he also uh thought that he has adhd because he would i'd have an appointment at like four o'clock and he'd call me at 9 p.m and be like hey your appointment was at four but um i'm calling you now so um <laughs> um, yeah, basically, I then got referred to through a scheme called Right to Choose. Yeah, so you can get um, a private diagnosis paid for by the NHS. Um, and I went through clinical partners who I really, really recommended um, and then got my full diagnosis. Um, I was really lucky. When I say lucky, I was the biggest Karen in the world to my GP um, to the point where they <laughs> were like... At least you can admit it. At least you're self-aware. <laughs> I got my elbows out um, and basically was like... Um, yeah they were like she's so annoying we're gonna make her go away so they gave me my referral um, they told me they'd given me my referral they then hadn't I then had to go in and sit with the doctor while he did it because he definitely has ADHD um, and then I got referred and diagnosed within about six months which is super quick yeah um, and then they said I had a two-hour long appointment with a psychiatrist who went through like all my so um something to note if you are listening to this and you think that you might have ADHD um is ADHD isn't differences of 
attention that develop in later life so you have to have always been like it so like when I was seven they used to blow the whistle in the playground and all the kids had to stand still and I would carry on running around I've (laughs) always interrupted people I've always forgotten my PE kit um I uh in my secondary school reports they were like if she concentrated she could do well like it has to be peppered throughout your childhood and like being sent out of class as being a point of distraction for other people literally my life too much yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah so it has to have happened your whole life whereas what people Mm. some people think is like I can't concentrate maybe I have ADHD whereas it has to be um like everyone can't concentrate a little bit sometimes Mm. now and then whereas if it's for example, losing your possessions. I lose my possessions three times a day, every day. So mm. in isolation, um, like losing your possessions could be a symptom of poor memory, which is a symptom of ADHD. But does it happen to you all day, every day? And that is the difference between people who sometimes can't concentrate. Mm. But what if you can't concentrate, you have a job application due, or you can't concentrate and you have overdue bills and you're getting fined and you still can't concentrate. That is ADHD. So mm-hmm. when people have like, oh, everyone's a little bit ADHD, it's like, yes, everyone is, but it, it's not persistent, consistent throughout your whole life and every day. Yeah. So that's kind and I of guess one that's thing the, the same with things like depression. It's like if you're, you know, everyone gets a little bit sad or everyone, you know, can feel depressed sometimes, but when it becomes something that's like impacting your day-to-day life and it is something that impacts you most days or every day, that's when you know it's something that you need to address. Yeah, so, um, so anyway, so I watched loads of TikToks, read loads of books, got my diagnosis, and then it's kind of like, um, it's very millennial of me, it's kind of like you're a wizard, Harry, and you're like, okay, cool. Now what? yeah so I know now that I can't concentrate and um I know that Mm. all of my problems are in somewhat related to ADHD and Mm. I know that actually maybe chatty and creative and all of the things I like about myself that's also ADHD and you have this huge identity crisis of like what is me what is ADHD yeah like what's my personality versus you know other parts about me yeah so um kind of had went through that journey um, got a therapist uh, to talk through that because there's quite a lot to unpack when it's like oh yeah by the way uh, actually the analogy that a lot of people use is um, it's like you realize you're a zebra not just a weird horse <laughs> so you're like all of your life you're like why am I like a I'm weird in hot climates but I hate the cold or like I don't know like you're a zebra you're not a weird horse so that's, that's kind so of the funny. existential crisis that you have so um, yeah. yeah so I went to therapy um and then found out about ADHD coaching which is essentially where you work with someone on um practical strategies to help you in your life now that you have ADHD Mm -hmm. um so coaching was really helpful because basically it's a lot of like um looking at like what you need to support you so like how not to forget your keys um, how to be productive at work, how to manage stress levels, like how to use your creativity to help you in other areas of your life and things like that. So it's very mm-hmm. much looking at your life with um, support of someone who understands ADHD to help you to do the things that you want to do. So um, mm. that was super helpful. I have Tina Squire. She's amazing. Um, and it was just amazing to like talk to someone who gets it. Yeah. First of all. So validating. Um, yeah validating and also like 
a good ADHD coach kind of tells you things that you already sort of knew but articulates them into words. So. Oh, I love when people can do that. That's a skill and that's a skill that a lot of writers, like really good writers, don't overcomplicate things. They just conceptualise things and say it in a way that is easy to do deliver and be received by the recipient if that makes sense because so many writers overcomplicate things and it's like you're not a smart writer for ma- making me struggle to get this you know like it's so smart to simplify difficult topics you know yeah for sure and especially when um like with people with ADHD will think about seven different directions at the Honestly. same time and then I'll be like what I'm hearing is is you would love more autonomy in your life and then they're like oh my god I hadn't even connected the exercise thing with the work thing with the blah 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 thing so um that was amazing to kind of have that experience Mm. um and um she said to me a few things that I um that I still come back to kind of in my life and in coaching um the best system is one that you use so people are often looking for a new system or I'm going to start Notion, I'm going to be a click up person, I'm going to mm-hmm. have the productivity planner. Whereas actually, if you look back at the systems that you actually use, iPhone notes, what's wrong with them? Um, yeah, so, what helps you is good. Yeah. So um, best systems is a system that you can use. Um, and mm-hmm. also she said, um, it's amazing that you're not too much of a perfectionist and you just give lots of different things a go. Whereas I'd always seen it as like jack of all trades, master of none. Mm-hmm, um, and like, mm-hmm. I would never be like a marathon runner cause I wouldn't run for that long. I'm also physically like not that very athletic, but yeah. like I, th- I always thought of it as like other people kind of perfect and finish things. Whereas I hadn't yeah. really thought of it as a strength that I do just give things a go and I do just try things. Also just, feeling like inspired to try new things and like wanting to like broaden your horizons is a massive strength because some people just never step out of their comfort zone you know like I think that's such a cool like thing to shine a light on yeah so that was amazing to kind of just kind of reframe things in um like with the knowledge that I have ADHD so I'm not trying to do things in a way that isn't going to work Mm -hmm. Um, like I'm not going to try and do the same job for my entire life because that's not going to work because I need novelty (laughs) and actually looking at the neat like say um, I don't know like looking at rest came up a lot because I don't really Mm -hmm. um, do nothing or relax but actually looking at that instead of looking at things like you should rest be more restful like swimming's fun like it's pretty relaxing like um, I like knitting like it doesn't matter if I'm doing things when I'm resting, but like mm-hmm. just reframing things in it. It's okay to do the things that you do it and how can you make it more mm. fun for you? So that's kind of what coaching um, brought to me. Um, and then from that, I was like, wow, okay, this is a career. And also you just get to like find out about really interesting people's lives. Um, mm. So I then also was at a point in my job where I've been working in advertising and media for like 10 years kind of doing the same thing um a little bit bored of like corporate clients who just wanted pack shots in their social and things like that so um I got to a point also you know when you realize that you become kind of one of those many people at work and you're like I don't think that I'm actually adding as much to this as I could elsewhere um so it kind of got to a point where I was like it's time for me to go um and yeah so I of course in ADHD fashion was also got engaged at the same time was planning a wedding in the UK a wedding in Australia um did an ADHD coaching course with Leanne Mascala ADHD works 
um, and then also a course in the US um, called Ad. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, so I was studying four times a week planning two weddings this was in my like three months oh my of notice period of my job I feel like you would have been in your just... element though like you would have been thriving <laughs> was I <laughs> I was not I did oh. not so my poor partner I think by the time we got to the wedding he was like do I actually want to marry her because oh I was just God. like very frazzled <sighs> and like kind of um yeah so I was doing a lot but this yeah. coincided as well I think with like starting medication as well so like when you take ADHD medication for my, mm-hmm. for me for my experience not a doctor not a psychiatrist etc everyone has a different experience and mm. um, I was able to concentrate and do more so I kind of actually took myself to a place of burnout because I was like finally I can do all of these things so let's do all of them yeah been there yeah so yeah so I did that and then did my coach training and then um yeah, I got married, went on my honeymoon, came back and then um, started out as a coach. Um, it's so, so yeah, I'm it's literally really so cool. proud of you. Like, it's so cool that like we were working at the same company and then you left and you just have done all this incredible stuff. And I, I feel like we've kind of been following each other's journey on social. And, like we've both <laughs> yeah. been doing so many <laughs> crazy <laughs> things and it's just like, yeah, I find it all really, really inspiring. I'd love to know... Um, how do you stay updated on the latest research? Because I think as someone who got diagnosed with ADHD last year, like you said, once I found out I had it, I was like, right, 
what now? And I tried to educate myself as much as possible, but there's a lot of misinformation out there. And so there's some good websites that I found like Attitude, which was like ADD Attitude. Yeah. yeah, they were great. There's some good <laughs> podcasts and stuff, but like how do you know? Because things like this as well, when when things become – I don't want to use the word popular, but when there's a spotlight on things, they do receive more funding. Exhibit A, COVID, billions and billions of dollars, cure made in a year. Like it's kind of like when when there's more conversation about things and there is more developments and more research done and they're finding out new things. But I'd love to know like what are some actual credible sources that people can go to to learn more and I am literally going to be writing these down and doing them. <laughs> yeah, so what I'll do is um... – I will put a link to a list of them on my website because I've been meaning to do it for ages. Awesome. And I think that I probably have a Google Doc somewhere. Um, so Attitude, really, really good. Um, there are some books that I'd recommend. So um, ADHD 2.0, um, Edward M. Hallowell and John R. Ratey. It's really thin. It's a paperback. It's really good. Second one is ADHD A to Z, A to Z by Alak by Leanne Maskell um that is really comprehensive because it's in chapters so it's like a is for ADHD b is for burnout c is for I don't know all the letters but that one's I recommend as like it's good to flick through because if you're like wow I'm really stressed z is for zen so it's like how to not be stressed with ADHD so that's a really good kind of um yeah like reference point and then um there's also ADHD in women and girls by Sari Solden um, which is kind of the original book on that. ADHD in Women and Girls by Joanne Steer is really good. Um, so those are the books that I'd recommend. Podcasts. So Is It My ADHD um, by Grace Timothy, which is about the experience of ADHD in um, women and other marginalised genders. So um, that's really great because it comes at it from more of an intersectional perspective, whereas a lot of um, ADHD research is either from like white men or um, like a white middle class woman like myself. Um, but it's good to it, it's so important um, because everyone comes from different contexts. And obviously, you know, you have a different experience of the world with ADHD, but you'll have another different experience of the world um, yeah, with other intersectionalities, disabilities, race, gender, etc. Um, sexuality. And she uh, has really good guests um and what I really like about it is it's like kind of lots of really interesting people who happen to have ADHD um which I love um and then yeah generally TikTok um there's a lot of people doing like if you have these symptoms you might have ADHD don't listen to them go and do your own research speak to your yeah, doctor look, that's at, a big one. look at the criteria and work out what is your kind of ADHD because the one thing that I've learned in all of my research is if you have met one person with ADHD, you have met one person with ADHD and everyone with ADHD is so different. And within that, there's a concept called situational variability, which means that everyone with ADHD is different. But even my ADHD can be different on any given day based mm -hmm. on nutrition, hormones, exercise, sleep, all of those mm -hmm. things. So yeah. um, the the research like when you see people like everyone with ADHD forgets things it paints this picture of stupid people who are like yeah. really ditzy and yes I do forget things but I'm not stupid and ADHD yeah. has nothing to do with intelligence and mm -hmm. um yeah it's important to kind of look at 
what you look at also with your own critical lens if you're like oh my god this person really gets me like go for Mm. gold with their content but look at like different sources um and remember that yeah it's it can be overwhelming take breaks speak to actual real people Um, yeah (laughs) and um yeah it's, it's a lot yeah, there's so much good advice in there. I'll definitely put um, links in the episode description to everything um, that we spoke about. So if you do want to go and check out any of that, um, please go and have a look in the show notes. I did want to speak to you about um, the way that ADHD typically impacts relationships and dating dynamics, because obviously this podcast, it has, I look at things through like a dating and relationships lens because it's just something I know a lot about. I've been on far too many dates and um, yeah, it's just something I'm super interested in and so is my audience. So, and also just personally, like I have moved back to Melbourne. I'm looking at, <laughs> looking at starting get to getting into dating. Um, <laughs> the second I open Hinge, I panic and close it, but that's a whole other discussion for another day. Um, how do you think uh, ADHD typically impacts things like dating and relationships? Yes, so um, many ways. I'm going to try and make this structured so it's easy to understand. <laughs> Please. Um, first of all, hyperfocus. People with ADHD have interest-based attention systems. So your brain doesn't care what is important. It cares about what is interesting. So oh my God, that is rom- so real. <laughs> yeah. So um, when picking a romantic partner, this showed up for me is I wouldn't care if guys were nice. I would care if they were funny or good looking or interesting to me Stimulating in some way. In some so way. The, judgment of, the judgment of who I was going out with was really bad because I would be like, they're just look at that nice guy over there text me back all the time boring um and so then i would go after really awful people who um <laughs> were interesting or sexually attractive to me and mm-hmm. um basically so having the interest based attention system mm-hmm. um means that essentially you might not make the best judgment on creative partners so that was one thing second thing is hyper focus so if i'm into uh a new hobby for example like I did triathlons when I was in Melbourne all I would talk about is triathlons I'm an enthusiastic person I get hyper focused yeah. on things guys would find that quite terrifying because they'd be like oh my god she's so into me this is weird like she's so keen etc whereas actually my housemate described it she was like you could be that enthusiastic about what you're having for breakfast they're not special but it's yeah. just having that like hyper focus and general enthusiasm for life and like oh. having that zest for life men could take that as like oh my god she's so into me that's really weird whereas it's actually just it's just a vie, general so general enthusiasm could be taken as like being quite intense but also on myself like I would hyper focus I would be like right why hasn't he texted me back immediately like quite um yeah yeah, hyper focused on like if I was really interested in someone I would be like so (laughs) he's not gonna listen to this I went out with this guy in Melbourne who owned like four brunch places and I was like, oh, my God, oh I God. am going to date this brunch mogul. Like, I came back <laughs> at Christmas when I'd been in Melbourne for, like, a month. And I was like, right, so I think I've met the one. He owns four oh. brunch restaurants. And I was like, I pictured myself as this brunch queen. Um, <laughs> but, like, we but we I don't know, met, like, three or four times. Like, Amazing. It wasn't even, like, yeah, we had, we had some bants, but, like, 
not super compatible, but I had sold myself for life. So the hyper-focus yeah. is real in dating. I, don't, I find it so confusing that hyper-focus is such a huge part of ADHD, but then equally going after 500 million things at the same time that are, you know, all stimulating in different ways is also a huge part of it. Like I find that like if I will, I'll overly invest in a guy or the business that I'm, you know, planning on starting up at the moment or like I get a new job and like throw myself into it. But then at the same time, so easily distracted by like shiny object over there do you know what I mean like it's so it's like two sides of this same coin and it's strange because I know you said you meet one person with ADHD and you've met one person because it's all so different but I find it so confusing that I do I understand both of those sides to it you know like how can you hyper focus on one thing but also be interested in five billion other things do you know what I'm trying to say yeah, yeah, I do. So um, I actually, one of my clients wrote this incredible article, which I'll share. Ooh, um, please do. It's amazing. It's quite long. But um, she talks about the difference between attention deficit and attention regulation. So <gasps> when you think about ADHD in the traditional sense, um, it's talked about like you can't concentrate, whereas actually it's attention regulation. So you can be hyper focused on something for a while, but you can't regulate where your focus goes. Mm. So um yeah, but you can have many interests and it's what makes people with ADHD really interesting people to be around because you never know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is a hard thing to manage when you kind of have this abundance of enthusiasm or focus for many different things and then you end up going down the rabbit hole of, for example, researching um, winter boots when you're actually meant to be sending out a newsletter, for example. Um, so it's kind of, again, like you can't control what's interesting to yourself versus what's mm. important but mm-hmm. tools that you can use are kind of um like front um like instead of thinking of like outside out of mind like put things in front of you that you want to pay attention to so like yeah. throw your phone I literally physically throw my phone to the other side of the room if I need to focus on something so like basically putting the thing that you need to focus on in front of you helps um to regulate that attention and also like physical alarms and stuff like that so I um I got really into Mario so I'll set a 10 minute alarm so that I'll do 10 minutes and then I obviously reset it three times but it means yeah that I'm playing it for 30 minutes instead of three hours yeah um, god I'm doing that with Hogwarts Legacy at the moment so bad I'm literally like we'll (laughs) play it at lunchtime I'm like do not let me work from home this is so dangerous (laughs) Yeah. Jeremy's like, why is the switch battery dead? And I'm like, I've got to level 100. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so so anyway, what we're talking about is um, basically regulating attention and with hyper-focus, that attention can be on a romantic interest, which can be quite intense for that person. But if you meet someone who's also quite into you, then it's amazing and you can have these really electric relationships that can be, um, you know, short-lived and like burn out quickly uh, yeah like a sparkler but then others um then it it creates amazing partnerships and amazing friendships as well because yeah if you find someone that you hyper focus on and you're like yes we're best friends forever like you can um use that so yeah hyper focus is one thing second thing is rejection sensitive dysphoria so i love neuroscience and um people with adhd are physically more sensitive and emotionally more sensitive so um this might come up I hate the big light 
I hate loud noises. I wear noise cancelling headphones. Like I have sensory issues, but it mm. also means that I feel things more deeply or I will pick up on like certain, um, oh, they've spoken to me in a different tone. That's weird. They didn't speak to me like that last week. Oh my God, so I do that all the time. Person. Yeah. Um, and in emotional, like in romantic relationships, this can be really hard to deal with because mm. we will, we will smell bullshit a mile off and if someone is previously like been cool with us and then they're not cool with us, we'll be like, oh, I think that you're a bit off with me. And they'll be like, no, I'm not. But like, yeah, actually, and that it, it leads to anxiety as well because I feel like because we're perceptive of emotions, I'm usually right about that kind of thing. So it's like if I get a whiff of anything, I'm like, well, I'm probably definitely right. And then people are like, don't be paranoid. Don't overthink. People have their own lives. They're not worried about that. But it's like, yeah, but every time I've thought this, I was right. So now I have anxiety. Yes, and people and yes, <laughs> and also people will gaslight you in that like I don't know, even friends and like well meaning friends, oh I'm sure that, that I'm sure they're not off with you, but then you'll find out that they are later down the line and that you were right. So it's yeah. kind of the balance of like your spidey senses being a bit <laughs> like you know, like a cat that's gone fluffy. Those are your spidey senses, <laughs> like versus like a regular person that might be a normal cat. Um, yeah. so you'll have these spidey senses that are kind of hyper vigilant on things mm-hmm. being off. Um, yeah. and also any kind of perceived rejection um yes. can be like physically painful so like um I like say like the job thing so I literally have cried at work for three hours because someone sent me an email saying the numbers were wrong in the report please correct them but Aww. like that is because yeah literally it's really hard to deal with thank god for working from home um <laughs> but um yeah so I could cry alone in my <laughs> office at work, instead of in the toilet at work um but uh, all jokes aside um yeah. basically it means that any kind of criticism I like to think of it as taking everything fucking personally. So if someone's like, oh, you're a bit loud today or you're annoying. I'm like, how dare you? Oh my God, I'm never opening my mouth again. I'm the most annoying person. And it will send you into the biggest spiral. So Mm -hmm. that's really hard to deal with. First of all, for the person that is um, crying for three hours over feedback at work or um, getting really, really upset if someone cancels plans at the last minute and thinking, oh, my God, yeah. I really like that guy. We're never going to see each other again. This is awful. He's breaking up with me. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so that's really hard to deal with from the sense of the person who is feeling those intense feelings with minor things mm. that in other people's world would be minor. So that's mm. really hard to deal with. It's also really hard to deal with because society is like, you're dramatic, you're too much. And yeah. then there's the other layer of shame that goes on top of that. And then it's also hard to deal with because from a romantic partner's perspective, like Jeremy could be, um, what did she say to me the other day? Oh, when I come back from being in the office all day, I'd appreciate it if the house wasn't a shit tip and you tidied up a bit after yourself. I took that as like, he's filing for divorce. It's it. Like, what are we doing with our two cats? Like, who's getting Rocky? Who's getting Penny? Like, I was like, he hates me. Like, I like I try my best. And I would be over. the same fully. Yeah, but... <laughs> So from his perspective, he's like, I just started to clear up after herself. Like when I've been at work all day, this is entirely fair. So it's hard for the partner or the, especially if you're dating and it's on that weird, like, Mm -hmm. um, that weird kind of uh, seeing each other, what are we phase? Um, You can act really dramatically. And Mm -hmm. basically if you're dating with someone with ADHD, it's super fun because they'll be, they'll, love you so hard and you'll do loads of fun stuff together but buckle up because it's a bit of a ride sometimes yeah <laughs> so you need to kind of um you need to have a partner that accepts that like 
the part of you that is really caring and loving and um like sensitive to their needs and really perspective and really like a lovely person is also the part of them will that will take everything personally but it's that kind of communication really helps um and then also rsd with breakups like as I said with the job thing, like I've been so upset when people have um, ghosted me or broken up with me when I haven't even liked them just because it's the yeah. RSD. So true. Honestly, like there was a point in my past relationship when I was thinking like the day before I got dumped by surprise, I was like, okay, we're in a long distance relationship. This is so toxic to even admit, but I was like, maybe if I meet someone and then I get a crush on them and then I break up with my boyfriend, I won't have to be sad about it because I could just migrate straight to the other person. Then the next day my, he broke up with me. So clearly there was something going on, but I was utterly devastated. I was like, how could this happen? I didn't expect this. Like, I'm so hurt. Like I was like, fierce. I literally felt like I was going to choke and die. And I like just couldn't do anything and then I think thought about it a month later or like probably a year later and I was like the day before I was planning to find another crush to soften the blow for when I broke up with him like I obviously didn't even want to be with him and I was literally devastated and it was like this is so fucked like I just that's like I like gaslighted myself into thinking that I liked him way more than I actually even did and like we were completely wrong for each other this is the classic, like, this is a very ADHD dating story. So yeah. um, before I moved to Australia, I was dating someone. Um, this is where it gets to the oversharing part. So it's got to be like 30 minutes in. Um, so before I moved to Australia, I was dating a guy who was really unsuitable. We met at work. Um, Great. I had a boyfriend. He had a girlfriend. But like, we were just flying <laughs> for a while and then things escalated. And he was just not the 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 boyfriend not the boyfriend but um yeah so we start dating each other like you know when you're like in club toilets talking about someone that you're seeing and they're like seriously like so many red flags but I was like but I like him yeah um, and I thought that I wasn't actually gonna break up with him um because I really liked him and things were going much better he still didn't spend weekends with me because he went out with the lads every oh, Saturday night good. but you know we'd escalated <laughs> to Friday nights so I felt really special and yeah I think after six months of dating we did say that we were exclusive and he was considering um, me becoming his girlfriend so that was really nice so you know we were in a really good place um and then um yeah so gosh someone who looked like Joe Alwyn just walked past my building that's so funny it's not him but um wow anyway so um, random very ADHD but um yeah so we were dating and I was like I'm actually not going to break up with this guy because I really like him but I know that I need to break up with him so then I moved to Australia because I was like like, actually um a friend of mine was talking about it and I was like you know what I need to break up with this guy and if I move to Australia he's not going to come with me so that then I'll break up with him that is because hilarious Australia I literally did that but went to England I didn't know how to leave my ex because we're in the same friend group and it seemed too hard so I literally just moved to England. I was like, sorry, but if you need to break this is a hot dating tip. Um if you need to break up with someone who you don't who you don't think you're gonna break up with, just move countries and go, there's yeah, a working holiday visa scheme that you can go to Australia or come to England if you're in Australia and that's a really good way of avoiding confrontation and it breaking literally up with works. someone that you don't want to date forever. And I feel like we're saying this in jest, but <laughs> seriously works <laughs> yeah so um so anyway so I moved I moved from uh like <laughs> moved to Australia but I spent a bit of time in America um and was 
you know, we weren't dating then because I'd like left and I was um, a summer camp counsellor. I was, you know, having fun summer camp activities. Um, and then he came out to America to see me um, as well, like the English ex. And we had this amazing like two week holiday where we listened to 1989, Taylor Swift, did a road trip and it was like super amazing. romantic. And then I left him at the airport, but it was very much like... I'd kind of forgotten that actually the plan was to break up with him all along and we just kind of elongated it with this like lovely uh, Delulu summer holiday, summer romance thing. Amazing. Just to, you know, make it a bit harder when we did stop talking. Anyway, mm-hmm. so then I'd literally moved countries to break up with him. Um, we then had a bit of a summer romance, but like it was over, like it was over, but we were still talking, of course, because we'd just come back from this holiday. And then um, about two or three months later, he was like, oh, I've actually started seeing someone else, so we should stop talking. Oh. I was devastated, like devastated like it was the end of the world but I'd literally moved to Australia to get away from him and I was knew that he and he didn't spend weekends with me because he was busy with the lads and like he was giving me so many crumbs and I was so devastated um and yeah it was just one of those typical RSD things where it's like actually looking back I was really devastated that the tables had turned and mm. instead of me breaking up with him, he was then saying, we can't talk anymore. Um, yeah. And it was just, we never got out of the woods. <laughs> yeah, saying. it's the loss it of power. And that, to yeah. speak in Taylor Swift 1980, <laughs> 1989 terms, you were not out of the woods. Yeah, we were not out of the woods. And then yeah. it was like clean. Like literally Amazing. it was like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was me. That was me. I was like, I can't believe. So I'm yeah, finally clean. So out of the woods was the. So basically, he was so uh, like the Taylor Swift songs were. Um, I knew you were trouble. Was a hundred percent how we started dating. Like, um, yeah, I knew our first kiss was like in Shoreditch House, like a work thing. Like it was really bad. Right. Um, I knew you were trouble, and then it was um out of the woods. Yep. Never got out of the woods. Um, Still in and there. then it was clean because I was like, <laughs> by the time I finally let go of him, I was so glad of it. I was like, this is so stupid because he wasn't like, he didn't didn't give me weekends as a girlfriend. Yeah, like, that's who like, does that? That's, so. And like, you know, the sun, like a Sunday with your boyfriend, best day ever, best day ever. Going, like having a boyfriend, especially in London, having a boyfriend, going to London Fields, going to Broadway Market, having a coffee, little croissant, like, Sunday, little roast, lay around the house, like crisp breeze, like sunny day. Like Sunday with your boyfriend, best thing ever. He's not giving yeah, me we, Sunday. We didn't do a lot of daytime together. It was more of a nighttime thing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but, that's um, a red flag itself, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's just so many red flags. <laughs> and um, when I used to go to his house, um, then his bathtub was so dirty. He lived with like uh, five uh, guys from Manchester. And uh, basically the like bath... Um, like there was a shower over the bath and like that was white but like the sides of the bath were like grey and then you could no. see footprints of like where because they which is so rank and um yeah there were, it was just yeah not not no. not the one but um but basically what I'm saying is with um RSD like any kind of perceived rejection can be physically painful and it's like yeah. feeling hot and sweaty feeling sick yeah. like you'll but the thing is um with RSD is it's thankfully it's short-lived 
So like within a month or so, I was like, wow, that was awful. Or it could be if it's a work thing or someone's cancelled your plans and you're like, I'm never speaking to them again. 48 hours later, you might be like, okay, fine, I'll speak to them. They're my best friend, whatever. But This is why I never want to send send the text in the moment because it's like I will say something fucking rude and I'll say (laughs) I'll say how I'm feeling at that time and then 40 hours go eight hours go by and I'm like why did I say that yeah so um I coach a lot of people on RSD um all the time in work situations in romantic situations in many situations there's a couple of strategies um first of all name it to tame it so you can be like wow, this is so upsetting. It could be an RSD thing. I'm not dramatic. I'm not an awful person. This is RSD. It's happening and it's okay to be really upset about that thing. So don't fight it. Own your feelings. Go for a walk. Journal. Whatever you need to do, need to do. Like, don't fight it and also name it to tame it. So like, okay, this is RSD. I'm having a reaction. This is really awful. Um, Number two, get support. So like, phone a friend, send someone a bitchy voice note. Like, cry for a while call your work bestie um like don't do it alone um number three is pause so like if you can get yourself physically away from your phone if you're going to send that message um sleep on it physically take yourself away from the situation go for a walk like pause give yourself time so that you can feel your feelings and like then make decisions on what you're going to do um yeah, so get support, pause, name it to tame it, like acknowledge that it's happening and don't fight it. Um, and yeah, it's it's the hardest thing with ADHD. And um, yeah, what if you don't experience it yourself, you can be like, wow, they're really overreacting about that situation, but actually they're having a response to that situation and that's okay. So RSD is a huge thing in, re- in relationships and um, even like in the dating stage, it's... Pers- specifically bad especially when you're trying to like not be dramatic and be cool gal it's so not cool gal to go psycho on someone when they've like not responded to one text so um it's really hard yeah god there's there's been so much great advice in this and especially in relation to rsd um we're running out of time but i I did have one more question what would be your best tip in regards to dating with ADHD in general? Like, what would it just be like opening up lines of communication? Like, yeah, I'd just love to know, like, what's your what's your top tip on, on dating and ADHD? Um, be nice to yourself. Because <laughs> other people aren't <laughs> always. So, um, yeah. like, and I guess it's looking at your, yeah, be nice to yourself. So, um, like, in dating is hard. Dating with ADHD is harder. Um, and kind of if, you know, you're being ghosted by people or like you're being treated badly, like you can treat yourself well and that's something that you can do. Um, and also, um, realize that like there is so many positive aspects of dating with ADHD. Like you'll be so, uh, honestly, you could, I feel like I could do like the best with the right person you could do like the best first dates and you'll will be sparkly you'll be effervescent and when you can be your best self you are like amazing and it's kind of realizing that you have so much to give and um like actually like being a sensitive person means you're really empathetic 
Um, you might be super creative with date ideas. You might have hilarious conversations on a hundred different things at the same time. Like you are so amazing and um, kind of focus on like what you do bring and also just, yeah, ask yourself, do you actually like them or is this hyper focus? What would your friends think of them? Um, could you imagine going on a two week holiday with them? What would they bring? Like if you were at a dinner party with 12 other people, what would they bring to the table? Like actually kind of interrogate, like, do you actually like them beyond the their heart? And they're quite funny. A lot of people mm. are hot and quite funny. Um, <laughs> myself included, hopefully. But um, <laughs> people like Mads. Um, but actually kind of interrogate, do you actually like them? And be yeah. kind to yourself are the, probably the two major tips. Um, and also you have to go out with someone who is going to accept they're off with the smooth, has a bit of a sense of humor about things and um yeah like also kind of can compliment you like I I would never have pictured myself with a shy guy but um Jeremy's like yeah like actually he's happy not to be the center of attention like he loves it when I'm at a party and I'm being hilarious he's laughing at my (laughs) jokes like he's really happy like when we have people around that I'm like I don't know like he'll be like in the kitchen making loads of food and like um yeah like he's happy to kind of watch me shine and bring what he brings to the table which is like very dark humor and he 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 won't say anything for the whole evening but then he'll say the funniest thing of the night like yeah that the kind dark of horse so yeah so um <laughs> he's six foot six as well so very tall dark Stunning. and handsome but um but yeah finding someone who compliments you he's also super needy so like um I was like, oh my god, like I would never have to worry he would text me back because he would be texting me before <laughs> I'd worried about that he would text me back. So, so it's finding yeah, you right, the person who's right. A yin and yang situation yeah. is good, or someone oh. at least who's like got a sense of humour and can yeah. kind of go with the ride. But and um, a, a quote I read in Glamour magazine of all places is yeah. the best friendships are elastic and they will survive the test of time. So if you compare Ooh. romantic relationships to friendships, like there needs to be elasticity, there needs to be understanding there needs to be compassion and there needs to be you know like being able to stretch when you've got conflict and not snap and also yeah yeah, be nice to yourself be compassionate to yourself and if you're dating someone with ADHD you're gonna have a fucking great time love (laughs) it oh well this this was so brilliant and I can't wait to have you on the podcast again um this has just been so informative and I feel like when you were saying like in the advice section like you this you that I'm like she's speaking directly to me right now like I am amazing like I am (laughs) good like um no thank you so much it's been it's been brilliant having you and yeah I'll definitely have to have you back because it's just been so much fun and so good (laughs) yay it's been my absolute pleasure and I'm so excited to listen to this I hope you enjoyed my chat with Charlotte please let me know if you have any stories or thoughts of your own to share via my socials see you next week peace
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.